Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. Today I want to begin to give us uh, a vision that God gave me for 2023. And if you uh, watched us online, you heard me speak on this, but I believe I must communicate it again and take these first weeks in 2023 to begin to explain what I saw when I was in Italy. And visions and dreams are the language of the Holy Spirit. Throughout the Bible, Scripture, and church history, the Spirit of God has always spoken through visions and dreams. In fact, Joel, the prophet, says this, in the last days, and how many of you would notice and agree we're living in the last days? If Joel said it was the last days, Peter said in Acts it's the last days, can I tell you, this is the last of the last days. And so we need the language of the very Spirit of God to begin to speak to us. When it comes to dreams, dreams are things when we're asleep that we we see and if it's a godly dream I'm telling you they'll come to pass ever since I've been about five or six when I have a repeated dream and it's clear and I wake up and I remember the details 100% those dreams come to pass another way is to have a vision with your eyes open my favorite way to have the Holy Spirit speak is when you're in bed and you're right between getting up and being asleep and a vision passes through your mind, that is one of the greatest ways that the Holy Spirit speaks. And I I just want you to feel the tension that I believe our nation and our state is going through. We are at an intersection right now. I'm not talking about map quests. Have you ever gone to an intersection and maybe your husband or wife says you need to take a right, you think you need to take a left? That's one of the major arguments Becky and I have. How many of you know 99.9% of the time she's right? I don't know why. I don't just say, she said right, you better go. I have the worst sense of direction. I am a guy, it's like, no, I know it's left. I know it's left. 100% of the time, I'm wrong. When Jude was three years old, Becky was working at the hospital. We're going to dinner at a friend's house. I took a turn. He goes, Daddy, he goes, that's a long way. You know what? Jude was right. I don't care how believing we are, I think sometimes you go, well, why all this prayer, fasting, and vision stuff? Because we have a tendency to have a bad sense of direction in our lives. Because what would it profit us if we gain everything that this life has to offer, but we lose something in our soul? So I believe this intersection, the tension that the nation is going through is the life of faith in a life of secular culture. We believe in God. And can I say one of the greatest words that when they were singing that song, I believe in miracles, I believe in God, I believe in faith, I believe in salvation. Can you say amen? And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Daniel chapter two. And our vision, I want you to know this, this is our ethos, this is our guiding principles. Our vision is we exist that Anyone can believe in God. 
Two, that they can become like Jesus. And three, they can build together. You see, whenever you believe, it's what makes you, shapes you, and creates the you that you will become. And who you are is really how and what you build. And that is our vision. And so I want to begin to read to you. I want to lay a scriptural uh, foundation today uh, for the precedence of vision coming through someone's mind in heart and while they're in bed this this has happened in Daniel throughout scripture so here we go this is Daniel chapter 2 and we're going to look at verse 28 it says but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries and if you just underline the word mystery it means God making himself known meaning that we couldn't know if he didn't take the initiative one of my favorite games is with my sons now with my grandkids when they were home for the holidays is playing hide and go seek you should see Rio Jude where are you Lucy Jude where are you and I go come and get me can I say I could have left the house I could have got in my car How many of you know God is infinite? He's smart. If he didn't reveal himself, we would never know him. Amen. And so it says here, there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, things that are outside our intelligence and natural apprehension. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen. Please get this. What will happen in the days to come, your dream and the vision. So there's a difference between dreams and vision. It says between the dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you were lying in bed are these. So you see that Nebuchadnezzar, the ancient king of Babylon, had a dream and visions passed through his mind as he was in bed. Let's now go to Daniel chapter 4 and verse uh, 13. It says, in the visions that I saw while lying in bed. So Daniel is experiencing this as uh, as well. I looked and there before me was the Holy One, a messenger coming down from heaven. Now I didn't come down from heaven, but I believe I am a messenger made holy by the work of Jesus Christ to deliver the vision that God gave me when I was in Italy and keeps coming to my mind and heart heart as I've returned to the beautiful state of California, the greatest place to live, Ventura. And I'm telling you, the vision is for us, our children, and it's for 2023. And no one can stop the plans of God because God, his purpose, no one can annul it. Can you say amen? Now let's go to one last scripture. Let's go to Habakkuk uh, chapter two. I'm going to read from the message paraphrase in verses three and four. And here we go. I love this. And God answered, write this, write what you see, write it out in big block letters. Why? So that it can be read on the run. The vision is a witness pointing to what is coming. That's what this vision is. That's the same with Daniel, the same with Nebuchadnezzar. It aches in the coming. The vision of God is aching like a child on Christmas morning and they wanted to open the presents in the stockings at 6 a.m. I made them wait till noontime. They were aching. We, we, we wanted that slow anticipation. Like, remember the catch it? 
commercial, if you're from the 80s, you know, just anticipation. It's aching in the coming. It can hardly wait. It does not lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait. It is on its way. It will come right on time. Can you say amen? Now, I want to begin to explain to you how it happened and what happened. I was in Italy, and one of the great things of Becky and I just being together, by the way, thank you. I need to thank you for the rest of my life because it was you that allowed us to go and take a sabbatical. And I sit, I stand, I am before you and tell you, Becky and I are more in love than we ever have. There would be days... There would be days we could have gotten a disagreement in one afternoon three times. I can't remember the last argument we've been in. And when I tell you this is a house of miracles, that is a miracle. And so when we were in Italy, one thing happened. You said, well, I've never had a vision. I've never had a dream. Maybe you have too much in your mind, and maybe you need to create some space that God can fill it with new thoughts, new plans, new ideas. And so when we were in Italy, in my mind, I'll tell you what I saw. I saw a vision of a great medieval castle. It was more rugged than the castle at Disneyland. That, that is a beautiful, magical castle. This was a medieval castle. And in, on the wall, in the top of the castle, I saw three flags. And the flags weren't blowing by a, a, a mighty, rushing, violent wind, like when the wind comes off the ocean, and where the flags would be waving almost in an obnoxious way. It was was a gentle breeze, but they were moving. If there were no breeze, the flags would have been flat, or they would have just been limp, but they were moving in this gentle breeze. And on these three flags, they had three different words. I want to get to the castle. When I saw the castle, I knew in my mind, I knew in my heart, I knew in my thinking that that was the great kingdom of God. Now, when you begin to think about the kingdom and the cataclysmic friction that we're feeling in the world, today. There are two kingdoms. There's a kingdom of light. There's a kingdom of darkness. There's a kingdom of God. There's a kingdom of Satan, selfishness, sin. But I knew that castle represented his kingdom. And can I say the kingdoms of this world are, they not will be, they are becoming the kingdoms of our Lord, our God, and his Christ, and we will reign forever. And I do not want to wait to get to heaven to begin to have victory and reign. I want to begin to reign right now in 2023 with Almighty God. And in, in the gentle wind, this gentle breeze where you could almost not detect it, I knew it was a person the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And God began to impress on my mind. He said, Jude, I'm not going to move in California. I'm already beginning to move. We have seen in the last year people give their hearts to Christ that I didn't think would ever give their heart to Christ. And the wind of the Spirit of God is not only moving in our state, our nation, but around the globe, around the planet. And 
and he is moving in a gentle way and people are going to begin to awaken and be stirred and begin to think about God again in his goodness again in his faithfulness again where people haven't really thought about God they're going to begin to think about God maybe it's a prodigal daughter maybe it's a prodigal son maybe it's someone you know who's an atheist not a believer maybe they dabbled into I don't know Buddhism or another spiritual form of seeking something higher can I say we are not just human beings we are spirit beings with a body that have a mind and a soul we were created spiritual to seek God to know God that man and men and women in our darkness and selfishness and sin have become blind to that but the gentle wind of the Holy Spirit is causing a great awakening like the church has never seen in her history. And I want to begin to tell you the three flags. I, again, I saw a castle, the kingdom of God, a gentle breeze, the moving of the person and the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And then I saw these three ancient medieval flags. On the first flag, it had the word salvation. I want you to write that down. In the weeks ahead, we will spend the next three weeks on these three different words because, hear me, I believe God is moving already in California. And for California to be awakened, let's say it this way, to experience a rebirth, to experience a renaissance, it's going to take more than just a few leaders or church staff members to see it. I'm praying today that God releases upon us as a community of faith, a spirit of seeing and knowing where we all begin to see it, catch it, and we receive the burden of the Lord that our families, our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, our fellow students can begin to know Jesus Christ. And so the first flag is salvation. The next flag was discipleship. And I want you to write that down. So salvation, then discipleship. Then the third flag was the word sacraments. And so today I am not going to begin to go in detail. Next week I'll go in detail. What is salvation? Can I say it's more than just saying a little prayer? Because I know some people, they got saved at five. Baptized at six, backslid at the age of eight, and they're serving the devil, but they're saved. That is not salvation. Salvation, I'm going to give some very broad, we'll go details next week, is absolute entire freedom for anyone. You guys, some of you are looking like, well, oh, I, I, I'm free. Uh-uh. You ain't free. <laughs> Say, no one's controlling me. Remember, that's what they said in John 8. No, no, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. No, we are no one slave. Abraham's, uh-uh-uh, you're a slave of your own bondage, your own making, your own sin, and so am I. I want salvation in every area of my life. 
Come on, people, what happened in Italy between Becky and I? What is it if you're saved in your spirit, but your marriage needs salvation? You know what? My heart is saved, but sometimes my mouth isn't saved. Pick up a new sport like pickleball, and you'll see what you say under your breath. A few weeks ago, I was like, I said, I'm saved, but my mouth has backslidden royally. Come on. I want salvation. And I saw that banner. Let me tell you, salvation does not come from the north, the south, the east, the west, education, political forces. Salvation comes from God and God alone. And we have a savior and I am need of Jesus. I still need Jesus to save me. Am I the only one? Oh, no, 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 don't act all cute and then summon a can of Pringles. Get five grandchildren at different ages in your house and they're wanting to watch these cartoons constantly. It's like, can we just watch a guy's movie? You won't know your heart needs to be saved again. Can you say saved? Can I say I believe California is not going to be saved? I see the word saved, past tense. God died for the salvation of the world, not just a few choice people. I want to be a part of that. And what I'm trying to do right now, on your dream board, what is your vision for 2023? Maybe you have a financial vision, a career vision, a relationship vision. And that's good, and we should. However, I am trying to calibrate my vision for this year to the vision of God. And I feel the burden of the Holy Spirit saying the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are wanting men and women, boys and girls, and let me just go to this one, entire families to be saved. I've seen it. I've seen where the dad comes, the mom comes. They say if a young person gets saved, probably about 20% of their family will accept Christ. They say if a woman gets saved, maybe 15 to 25%. But if a man gets saved, they say 75 to 80% of his family will come to church and be born again. I think we need salvation for the men of California, the men of Ventura, the men in this room, and the men online. Salvation isn't a girl's thing it's a man's thing come on salvation isn't called beautiful it's called you come on you need it can you say amen? amen and so that's the first word the second word don't make me preach this because next week I'll really preach salvation then the next discipleship then the last the sacraments the next flag the first was salvation I want you to write that down the next word was discipleship and discipleship I want you to write this down is an ongoing process of making someone to become like Jesus in every part of their lives. I'm going to say that again. Discipleship, it's ongoing. Have you ever heard people who've heard uh, a similar sermon and go, I've heard that, have that t-shirt, done that. Mm -mm." He said, well, I used to follow Jesus. Are you following Jesus now? It's an ongoing process. Please write this down. An ongoing process of making someone to become like Jesus in every part of 
their lives. Now, I want to ask you this question. What does discipleship require? What does discipleship require? I'm going to explain what it is briefly. Requires intentionality and time. You will never shape, form, or create Christ in someone with the word of God, your personality, a relationship in the Holy Spirit without time. It is time. Probably now about six weeks ago, I was working out at 24-hour fitness, and this young man, Jared Lee, the son of Jimmy and Susan Lee, by the way, this family in our church, if your family's jacked up, you need to meet Jimmy and Susan Lee. They will heal you. They are so incredible. It's like, my, Jimmy, disciple me, please, you know, and and so Jared came up, he says, hey, we just joined 24-Hour Fitness. Will you work out with us? And it was Jared, it's Aiden, it's Wyatt. And I said, absolutely. And I said, but when I work out with you, I'll take you to lunch or coffee, and I'm going to disciple you. I'm going to take you through this booklet called Operation Timothy, and I'm going to make you a follower of Jesus Christ. What is a disciple? It is a follower of Jesus Christ. What is a disciple? It is a follower of Jesus Christ. And so in, write this down, Matthew 28, it is called the Great commission. Go therefore and make disciples, followers of Jesus Christ. And it's an ongoing process. I will tell you one of the greatest things that help heal Becky and I in our relationship is if your relationship with your spouse is fractured, it's broken, do not hang out with someone else whose relationship is worse than yours. That's like getting a personal trainer who's worse in shape than you are. <laughs> Can I say, find a couple that's just a few steps ahead of you. How can you follow someone who's behind you? Did you hear me? You know what backsliding means? That you've taken enough steps back where Jesus is no longer in front of you. He's chasing you down. I don't want to be chased by the Holy Spirit just with intense conviction. I want to follow God to the destiny that he created for me. I want to be a disciple. Can you say amen? And I, I really want you to write this down. I think we, this is so uh, important. I think we need to rekindle our conviction about us becoming disciple makers. I think there needs to be a great shift in the church where we see revival as stadiums being filled. And we want the many, but we're not willing to sacrificially go after the one. When I saw the flag, discipleship, waving gently in the breeze of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God spoke to my mind and heart and said, the many will come through the one. He said, son, stop thinking about addition. God has added to this church daily. He says, now teach the people how to multiply their lives. Come on, you may be a lad with some fish and some bread, but you can feed a multitude when you commit to disciple one or two or three or four people. And you said, why? You know what? We're going to make disciples. We're going to make disciples. 
We're going to make disciples, and they're 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 going to make another one, and 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 this church will be like the Rose Parade, a long history of people becoming like Jesus, following Jesus. Come on. The Rose Parade isn't famous because it has two floats. We cannot just have Steve and Michael and Jay following Jesus. I want a whole city and state to follow Jesus. I'll talk more about that next week. Can you say amen? Now, I do believe this. I believe 2023 is going to be marked by great multitudes coming to Jesus Christ. I saw this by this flag. The scripture that came to me is when Elijah was going to go and he was warned with the prophets of Baal. And the prophets of Baal all day had been cutting themselves using great emotion. And then Elijah is making fun of them. He's saying, where is Baal? Is he on a vacation? Is he sleeping? Is he on the toilet? I mean, he's just badgering them. He wasn't woke at all. But you know what I think his woke our minds and put us to sleep. Elijah to ask Israel, the church, we are a type of Israel. He said, how long will you be halted between two opinions? In church, we've been halted between the opinion of a secular approach to spirituality and the God approach to spirituality. And I'm not going to be duplistic or double-minded. I want to disciple someone. Jesus commanded us to make disciples. We're going to make disciples. Amen? If you're a man in here, you need someone to train you, equip you, disciple you, go and talk to Rick Green. And if you are stubborn, he will beat it into you. No, no, no. <laughs> Rick goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to think about this. You will never, I will never grow as a Christian without someone else in my life. Why does AA, NA, any of the anonymous programs, you have to have a sponsor? Why? Because two are better than one. Uh-uh, you are too cute tofu and broccoli for me today. Because when you're in Louisiana, you say, why didn't you get in a lot of fights? I had 66 first cousins on mama's side. You fight with this disciple, you're going to have to fight them all. Have you ever met a Christian? They're always in warfare. Oh, the devil's after me. Really, really tough week. I mean, well, usually it's a tough fight when you always fight alone. Let someone disciple you. Now, I want to ask you this question. We're going to move on to the next one. Who is discipling you right now? Who's discipling you and who are you discipling? That is the question because you can't disciple someone if you've never been discipled. I, could, I sit before you. I'm not perfect, but I've been discipled. I'm still being discipled. And I say, that's why I want to disciple others. So we saw salvation. Say that with me. Salvation discipleship. And I want you to write this down, the sacraments. When we were in Italy, I saw that flag. I was raised Catholic. I'm very familiar with the sacraments. I know them. I went to Holy Cross Elementary, Central Catholic High School. I could teach you catechism. And I saw the seven sacraments. And the Spirit of God spoke to me. He said, people are so focusing 
on becoming the world's greatest communicator. And that's not a problem. That's awesome. And thinking that through them and their communication style, that my presence will become the divine channel. He said, my sacraments tell my story better than anyone. And now the ancient fathers, the Catholic church, they divided the sacraments into three categories. Now, I'm not going to preach this. I'm just going to tell you. The first category is presence. We are a presence-driven people. I think right now in 2023, I'm going to invite the band to come up. I think we need to invite the Holy Spirit's presence into our life, into this church, into California. He doesn't need our welcoming, but I think we need to say, Bienvenidos, Spiritus Santos. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Will you say that with me? Come on, welcome, Holy Spirit. Let's make it a prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. Move, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. And the first category is presence. And these are the three sacraments. Baptism. We will have baptism. We're shifting things. At the last Sunday of every month going forward, because we so believe in baptism, we are going to offer baptism the last Sunday of every month. Why? Because something supernatural happened. You're not saved by baptism. You're baptized because you are saved. But I've seen it where people go under the water and as they're coming up, the very presence of the Holy Spirit comes on and in and out of them. If you're still not free, maybe you need to be baptized. Amen. The next one is communion or the Lord's table or the Eucharist. And I can honestly say a sovereign presence when I participate in the Lord's table comes in, comes on and flows out of me. Another one, the third one in the presence is confirmation. As a Catholic, they believe that when a baby is baptized, that's when salvation comes into them. That's when their relationship with Christ begins. We're not arguing that at this point. I'm just telling you what they believe. But confirmation is a baptism of the spirit. It's when that initial baptism, that initial commitment is confirmed. I believe in the days ahead, I'm asking as I saw sacraments, there is going to be a mighty outpouring of the baptism of the Holy Spirit on believers with the evidence and the power of a holy life, a renewed life, a new created life in the Holy Spirit. I would charge every mom and dad of a teenager, a middle schooler, or a university age child, they're not our younger adult, every one of them should be baptized in the spirit with the evidence of a powerful relationship with God. Can you say amen? The next one is this, and I'll preach it, is healing. This is the second category. The first is presence. So it's baptism, it's the Eucharist, and it's confirmation. You know, right now, if you're doubting your salvation, Romans 8 says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will quicken you and he's bearing witness to your spirit that you are a child of God. The second category, healing. And healing is, number one, what they call reconciliation. We would know this as confession. Now, when I was born again and became a Protestant, I used to tell my Catholic friends and family, I, I don't need to go to a priest to confess. I'm just confessing things to Jesus. That's dumb. That's dumb. 
I think everyone needs a confessor. You see, I counsel down, but when I sin and I do, I confess up. You'll hear this in a few weeks. There was a time, this is probably now about four years ago, I got in a real argument with Becky and I, I, I thought, I came to the elders here, told Michael, Phil, and, and they prayed for me. But let me tell you something. My real confessor is someone who's over me. I think we counsel down, but we have to confess up. And so I called Pastor Benny Perez and I said, Lord, please do not let him answer the phone. God did not answer that prayer. <laughs> Maybe I should have fasted. <laughs> Pastor Benny, he answers after the first or second ring. Hello, my Pastor Jude. And when he said that, I started bawling. I said, what's wrong? I said, I have some sin to confess. And I just started laying it all out, not trying to sugarcoat anything. And I'm telling you, you ask me questions. And when that confession time, that reconciliation, shame lifted off of me. And we're only as sick as our secrets. And that day, sickness left me. And I received healing. I think we all need someone to confess to. Amen. The next one is what they call extreme unction. Today, they call it lash rites. Extreme unction they got from James 5. If you're sick, call for an elder, a bishop, a leader. Let them pray the very prayer of faith, anoint you with oil, and the Lord will raise them up and save the sick. And that is healing. Now, the last one, and the band's going to come up, is evangelization of the world. And there's two sacraments. One is holy orders. Two is a holy matrimony. I, I want to stand up on this. I don't know if California will be saved because we go out and hand out gospel booklets. Um, that's a good thing to do. It's better than handing out a demonic booklet. <laughs> so it's not wrong. We're not handing out Harry Potter. We're handing out the gospel. However, you say, what will make my neighborhood, my co-workers, friends of your children accept Christ and desire salvation? When they see a holy marriage, when they see a man and woman clicking, energized by Christ and one another, truly loving, the man loving the woman as Christ loves the church, the woman respecting, loving her husband, and that synergy comes together. And the children are different because of it. The home is different. California doesn't need another good sermon. They need solid, holy marriages that are inspired by the love of Christ and love for one another. That can save a whole world right there. Can you say amen? And the last one is holy orders. And holy orders for them is priesthood or being, if you're a woman, becoming a nun or going to an abbot. For me, I believe all saints are ministers. Here in the city church, we all have a ministry. And my holy orders is when I became a youth pastor, then a lead pastor. And can I say that is how California will be saved. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.